everyone, welcome. This is another episode of the High Up Podcast. This is the podcast that is here to help you up to whoever you want to be, whatever you want to do, and wherever you want to go. As usual, I am Ellie Long, the host, and today I am joined by Priyanka Patel, who is the Chair of the Youth Advisory Board, but she's also going to be talking about some of her other fantastic experiences and sharing her kind of career journey with us today. So welcome, Priyanka. It's lovely to have you. Hi, Ellie. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so, as I said, in this episode, we're going to be chatting to you about um, young people and careers guidance and um, where people can kind of get their advice from and um, what they need to do if they're kind of feeling stuck and we're a bit lost, which is kind of, a, I guess, a common feeling during this um, lockdown period at the moment. Um, but before we kind of get into that conversation, we always start our um, podcast with a lucky dip icebreaker. So this is something a little bit silly. This is something so we can learn something maybe a little bit about you. Um, does that sound okay? Yeah, absolutely. Fab. So if you could pick a number between 1 and 25, I will generate a random question for you and then we'll see what you get. Gosh, um, 14. What is your favourite binge-worthy food? Oh, Very uh, lockdown relevant question, I think. That's that is actually probably uh, binging a little bit too much on this. Um, well, I'm a really keen baker, so I think I'd have to go with a um, really great batch of brownies. Oh, Chocolate brownies. Like Absolutely. Good. Nice, indulgent chocolate brownies, probably with some added chocolate chunks in there as well, for good measure. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Yeah, I do, like, I do like a proper nice, like, warm br- like brownie. Oh, pudding. perfect. Straight out of the oven, bit of ice cream, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, well, that sounds good. <laughs> cool. So let's start um, just hearing a little bit more about yourself. So tell us, where are you from? What's your kind of career background? Um, what, what did you study? Yeah, absolutely. So I um, was born and grew up um, in London. Um, I went to school sort of in the local area and then I went off to the University of Bristol to do my law degree. And at the moment, I'm midway through completing my legal practice course because I'm due to start training as a uh, commercial solicitor next February. So I'll start my training contract with a US law firm then. Um, But on the side, sort of, I've always kind of been quite interested in terms of youth empowerment. And initially, it was quite um, female orientated and gender diversity. And that's kind of grown into more of the diversity and inclusion space. Um, So in my, you know, the last couple of years, um, I've kind of been involved with initiatives that look to kind of increase um, awareness when it comes to diversity and sort of highlight why diversity is such an important thing. Um, But also in terms of youth empowerment, kind of supporting young people to be ready for the workplace, sort of the sorts of things that they can be looking to do, the opportunities that are available to them. Um, I worked with an organization over the uh, COVID summer period. Uh, to run a series of online internships so people who had unfortunately lost out on the opportunity to um, go into an office of some sort for their internship or apprenticeship or whatever um, actually running an at-home service for them so they were still able to hear from employers and undertake some really relevant sort of internship related tasks um, and then I also represented the UK a couple of years ago at um, a lead, female leadership conference and that was in the US so um, a lot of my sort of personal interests do reside in terms of sort of youth empowerment and gender diversity um, which is also why I was so keen to join the youth advisory board at the youth group um, because again the youth group is really centered around improving the opportunities and odds for young people um, which is something that's really I'm really passionate about. Brilliant so you've got a lot going on you've not got <laughs> how much can you fit into your free time? <laughs> well, I was trying to study for a law degree obviously. Whilst doing the law degree yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start um, I guess we're chatting a little bit more about um, you and your law degree and that kind of side of um, your kind of 
opportunities and experience. Um, what was it that made you want to go and do law? How did you know that was something that you wanted to do? So I was quite confused um, at the sort of A-level stage when it came to deciding what I was going to study. Um, and my subjects were actually biology and chemistry and Spanish and English, because I had an interest in science. And I had an interest in, in law and sort of what English as a subject kind of taught me. Um, and it wasn't until sort of midway through doing my A-levels that I kind of really began to appreciate um, English as an A-level and sort of the skills that it was teaching me. And I thought, you know, the skills of analysis and looking at a problem from lots of different perspectives um, was something that really appealed to me. It seemed to be something that I actually quite enjoyed and by default was sort of good at. And so I thought actually maybe a lawyer would be the way to kind of pursue that going forward. Um, and in the interim, I'd also spoken to people in the field who I was able to kind of get in contact with and that in itself is a little bit tricky but kind of getting any insights that I could um, to kind of understand what it may be like to work into various aspects of the law and um, decided that I wanted to do the law degree and it was really when I was at university in my first year that I decided that commercial law specifically was what I wanted to do. And how if you kind of think back to when you were doing your A-levels and I guess you talked about how it was understanding the types of skills that those subjects were teaching you how did you figure that out because I guess a lot of young people have probably chosen subjects that they really like and they enjoy and they're maybe their favorite subjects at school and they've kind of narrowed that down through their GCSEs and um, either A-levels or what they've kind of been doing at college how do you then kind of turn that into the right this is now what I need to go and study yeah no absolutely I think you know when you're kind of at that GCSE A-level stage thinking about what you want to do as a next step can be really quite daunting and and it is a huge decision and the way that things are structured here in the uk you know you do have to make that decision quite early on um i think it should be said that you know to be a lawyer you don't need to have a law degree unless you actually want to study one but um in any case it, it's quite daunting to say that you know i've gone from studying you know 10 subjects at gcse now i'm doing three at a level i've just chopped off seven now i'm going to go and do one at university you know how am i going to choose and anybody who has broad interests like myself can find that to be quite a daunting task but i I think you know though it is quite a big decision stripping it all the way down to the basics is sometimes the easiest and the best thing to do so really you know pulling it back and just thinking you know what am I doing in my classes and what am I having to do for my assignments what sorts of things am I being asked to do so you know you take English for example I would be sent home for the week and said you know read a couple of chapters of this book and think about some of these quotations or think about you know the way that a character is portrayed and having those sorts of skills of analysis and problem solving um, and you know thinking critically and and, you know, the teacher may send you away and say, you know, go and read this critical article and then think about how that what that perspective provides to your reading of this text. You know, those sorts of things, when you think about what they're doing, you know, what you're doing at a baseline, that can really help you to understand sort of the skills that you're driving. And then in terms of understanding how that may marry up with a university degree, um, I think the Internet is, is just a minefield. There is so much information out there now, um, which in itself can be a hindrance. But actually, you know, you can look at it as a massive help. Um, because if, even if you start off on a university website, you know, you're thinking about what university you may want to go to, and then you're just reading the prospectuses, which are now all online, so you don't even have to go anywhere or have any papers sent to you. Um, you can actually see very clearly now the sorts of skills that they look for, the sorts of things they teach you. And then it's a very simple sort of matchup exercise. You know, I'm doing this now. I'll be doing it at a higher level when I get to university. Is this something I'm interested in? And if the answer is yes, then that may be the path that you want to consider going down. Yeah, I think that's a really good kind of piece of advice is, is keeping it really simple and thinking about, right, I really like English or I really like history or maths or whatever it might be. What is it that I'm actually being asked to do? And then working out then how that might then link to a job or a profession. Yeah, totally. I mean, things are things stressful as it is, like, you know, there's enough difficult decisions to be made. And so don't make it any more difficult for yourself. Really just think 
at the present moment, you know, what am I being asked to do? Um, and, you know, without going kind of too far or thinking too, too deeply about it, you know, do I enjoy what I'm doing? If the answer is obviously if the answer is no, then maybe you don't want to be pursuing that any further. But if the answer is yes, then, then, you know, think about that a little bit more deeply and then just do some very baseline, you know, typing in a subject at university level and, you know, seeing what gets thrown up on Google is a really great way to get started. Yeah. And I think once you do that and once you say, say you've narrowed it down to something like law um, or studying kind of like engineering or something like that, you then start to see that actually at university, you don't just law is a degree, but there's so many other bits of that. There's actually so many things you can specialize in. You can do it with something else. You can then start to link it to other things and you can then start to build, I guess, career on top of, on top of yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, university is such a great opportunity in terms of taking that one subject. Now, deciding what that one subject is can be a little bit difficult, but once you get to that stage, you then have this whole new set of doors that are opened up for you because you can do it with a language or you can be taking, you know, open modules on the side in your second and third years of the degree, you know, looking at whether your degree at a specific university offers some electives and do those marry up with your interests or, you know, one, one university may look at medieval English, whereas another one may look more at the American literature or, you know, um, black African history kind of literature. So looking at it from all those different perspectives, you can then really see that actually you have this one interest. You may not even know deep down what your real passions are about that subject, because at school, you don't really go into that sort of level of minutiae, but you will have that opportunity when you get to university. And it's when you start researching, reading, you know, speaking to people who are already at university that you really begin to understand those things. Yeah. And I think it's making sure that you set some time aside to do that. Don't think this is going to be a decision that, well, I mean, some people might wake up one day and know exactly what they want to do. And that's, and that's yeah. pretty much like me. <laughs> but yeah, set yourself some time to really look at this and think about it. And don't feel like you've got to come to the decision overnight. You can kind of talk to people. You can chat to different kind of, yeah, careers advisors, your parents, your friends, talk it through with people to kind of help you. Get yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 100% what I'd recommend. And, you know, I, I mean, I'll be entirely honest. I was quite, I felt quite daunted by the process at the beginning um, when it, when school kind of started talking about, you know, what do you want to be doing? University, gap years, apprenticeships, you know, internships, whatever. Um, but actually taking it step by step. Yes, it is a big task. And yes, you know, we're talking about keeping it simple, but, you know, I'm not going to lie. There, there is a lot of work that kind of goes into it, a lot of thinking behind it. But, you know, even setting aside one, a couple of hours every weekend, um, you know, throughout year 12 to kind of start thinking about it before you kind of get to that stage where you need to start making decisions and personal statements and everything. That can be, you know, if you add all that time up over your autumn term, for example, spending a little bit of a few hours each week, that's a lot of information that you would have gathered. And it makes it a lot less daunting than kind of thinking, great, I've got two weeks to make the decision. Now's the time I've got to read the whole of Google and, you know, speak to everybody that's been to university and figure out what I'm going to do. Just break it up into small chunks. And I think that way it will feel a lot more manageable and a lot less daunting. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the other advice is then don't think too far ahead. Don't think, if you've kind of got to that point where you're thinking, right, I've decided on the uni, I've decided on the subject, don't be panicking necessarily about the, oh gosh, I don't know what organisation I want to work for or whatever, because as you go through the next steps, that will then start to become clearer and it's kind of that continual piece I guess you've not got to try and figure everything out in one one sitting no oh my goodness do not stress yourself out like that I mean it's just not not the way I, I think you should do it and actually yeah that's exactly right when you get to university there'll be a whole new set of resources that will open up to you that you wouldn't have even known about when you're at school and you're not supposed to because when you're at school you know you're in a very focused environment and that environment changes when you get to university but university part of what it does as well as developing your understanding and your appreciation for your degree subject, it will invariably open up doors to you in terms of you know, career opportunities and who you want to be working with. And employers now are becoming increasingly aware of, of how they're offering up to students and you know, what they're doing. And they focus very heavily on 
university students. And so you'll find that actually these opportunities may be coming towards you. All you've got to do is sign up for one of the career societies at university. And all of a sudden, you know, you're getting messages left and right about certain employers are coming to campus to talk to us or certain employers are running, you know, a pizza making workshops. So you can hear all about their graduate schemes or whatever it may be. And it's at that point that you really then start to understand where your degree may take you. But definitely, I think when you're at school stage, you know, Objective number one is to figure out what you're going to study and where, but don't worry yourself too much about, you know, what you're going to be doing afterwards or what your master's will be, or, you know, where you want to be in 10 years time, um, because that will all come as you kind of evolve and as you get through university. Yeah, brilliant. I hope the young people listening are taking that in, because I know some of them, people, I think people kind of think that everyone around them has got it all figured out and they kind of think, oh, they all know what they want to do and where they oh, want to they go. they don't believe me. No, and, nobody and, knows, so. nobody knows. And if they do, they're probably lying to you while they're pretending. <laughs> um, so I guess in um, a lot of the kind of work that you do and some of the things that you mentioned earlier with some of the kind of um, the social mobility projects and things that you support, um, what would your advice be to kind of the young people who maybe think that something like university or the degree apprenticeship or the internship or whatever it might be is kind of out of their reach? Because I hear a lot of young people kind of saying, oh, well, people like me don't do that. Or actually, from my background, you don't do that. You, you go and do this. What would your kind of advice and guidance be to them? I think number one is you've got to believe in yourself. Um, you know, if you don't believe in yourself, it's unfortunate to say, but why should somebody then believe in you? So, you know, having that self-confidence and it's easy to say, and it's a lot more difficult to practice, but, you know, really believing that if you have the skills and you have the passion and the motivation, then you really have every right to be in that, in that place or in that work, workspace or on that internship as a person sitting next to you. Um, and, you know, you just got to believe in your self-worth first and foremost. The other thing to recognize is that, you know, social mobility, diversity, inclusion is really hot on the agenda right now. And a lot of employers are focusing on it, thinking about it. You know, you see that at university level where, where universities are trying to diversify the students that are coming in. And that's also similar at the graduate entry level as well. University uh, Employers are going to a wide range of universities, seeking out applicants from a wide range of backgrounds, you know, irrespective of, you know, diverse of ethnicity or gender or sexuality, you know, any of those things, whatever your socioeconomic background is, those things are they, they still matter and I think they matter to, in a personal sense but in the grand scheme of things if you have the the actual capabilities or the competencies to do the job or to be on the internship or to undertake the apprenticeship then you have as much right as the next person to be there and so long as you're able to prove that during the recruitment process there is no reason why you shouldn't you shouldn't necessarily get onto that role but also that you that you shouldn't feel that you don't belong there because Belonging in an environment, yes, is a lot about your personal identity and the fact that you fit in and you're appreciated for who you are um, and, for, and for the diversity that you bring. But in addition to that, and fundamentally, employers need people who are competent to do the jobs that they're offering. And if you can demonstrate those competencies, then, you know, employers will want to have you there and, and will want to welcome you in. And like I said, you know, diversity and inclusion is forefront right now. And so that's something else that there's a lot of emphasis on it right now. Um, and so if you are concerned that maybe, you know, um, some that, you know, I'm not going to fit in because of my background or because of the way I was brought up or, you know, uh, the, the way I look or the color of my skin or any of those sorts of things, then, you know, I think it's important to, to remind yourself that um, people are becoming more and more aware of that being a concern and uh, actively looking for ways to kind of combat those issues in the workplace and make everybody feel included. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and as someone who obviously is an employer in my my other side, my my normal job, it is. And I think it's it's recognizing that actually that there is value in having that diversity of thought and that diversity of skill sets that that 
the, the most successful teams are the ones that kind of made up of a diverse range of people and we all know that now so um put yourself forward and know your own kind of worth and know the skills that you can bring um because an employer will want to invest in that if you kind of you're there to showcase it yeah exactly and use your diversity as a superpower capitalize on it you know whatever your diversity is you know that's actually your strength if you have that and somebody else doesn't you're in an even better position than the person who doesn't come from the same background as you and everybody's different so everybody will bring their different strengths and characters but actually see it as a strength rather than a weakness and once you start believing in that then you'll be in a better position to start convincing other people like employers as to why you should be working in their workspace. Brilliant. I love that. Using diversity. <laughs> I'm going to remember that one. Um, so I guess let's talk a little bit more about the youth group um, and kind of other places that you people can get advice because we touched upon earlier, but there is so much out there around careers guidance now. There is there's so many kind of resources and, and places to access it. Um, so if a young person is kind of coming to the youth group or wanting to kind of get involved, what, what kind of ways they can kind of do that? Yeah, so, you know, the youth group is really excellent in terms of putting youth at the forefront of everything that they do. And their mission statement involves kind of supporting um, supporting youth and really pulling them up um, and, and making the best opportunities for them. And so that may be because they can offer a mentor in some sort of mentorship program. It may be that you want to be an entrepreneur and actually the youth group has a be your own boss program. So you can actually get onto a scheme where you can understand what it takes to be an entrepreneur and get some of the skills involved. It may be that you feel you know, we're moving into a more digital space, especially over the last year or so, you know, you can see the way that companies are really kind of digitalized the way that they're going about their operations. And you may feel that you need to brush up on some of those skills. And, you know, the youth group can offer you opportunities and workshops and skills sessions to kind of build on those skills. It may be that you just need help getting a job is that you feel you may have the skills, but actually you're just going through countless applications and you don't understand where you're going wrong. And you need some sort of um, support in terms of writing an application or writing a cover letter or brushing up your CV or having an interview practice, you know, any of those sorts of baseline things you need to kind of get your foot into the door. And these are all the sorts of things that you can do to kind of support young people in that way. Brilliant. Sounds like a fantastic organisation that Jack set up there. I think um, I think the first thing for me is to say to young people, it's okay to, to need that help and it's okay to acknowledge that you need support. Don't think that you should know this kind of stuff because actually it is quite tricky working out how on earth you might write a CV or cover letter for the first time. And, and then it can be quite demoralising if you've just got rejection after rejection after rejection. So kind of reach out and, and seek help from people. And, and you're not expected to be born with this knowledge. I mean, nobody is, you know, how are you supposed, how are you expected to know what a CV is supposed to look like, what a cover letter is supposed to look like? You know, unless you've seen one, then you may have a bit of an insight. But even then, you know, seeing one versus being coached in terms of how to put one together are two very different things. And if you haven't been exposed to see one, which is absolutely fine, then again, how are you expected to know? You can't magic this knowledge up out of nowhere. So, you know, in terms of just understanding that, you know, it's absolutely fine to, to have a helping hand or to get a step up or to kind of go and seek out help. And actually that proactivity is something that can be really valued by employers, I find now. Um, and so actually kind of taking ownership for yourself and for, for what it is that you need to do, recognizing that, you know, I need to do X, Y, Z. I don't quite have the skills, but I'm going to go and speak to the youth group or I'm going to go and find a mentor or do whatever to equip myself. And then I'll be in a position to achieve X, Y, Z in a couple of months time. And that's actually a lot more empowering and convincing as a story as opposed to I sat there, you know, I tried, but I got thousands of rejections, but I did nothing about it. 
Yeah, and I think you've touched upon a really important point there that actually employers look for people that have kind of got that kind of bit of resilience, that bit of kind of get up and go, as I call it, about them, the people that are kind of looking at how they can continually develop and um, and learn from experiences and opportunities and, and see kind of no experience is bad experience. It's about what can you do to kind of improve yourself and go forward. So Yeah, exactly. Whatever, you know, wherever you feel that you may be able to get support or help, you know, if that's even at school from your career service, the university career service, or in the interim kind of going and seeking out third party organisations like the youth group, for example, you know, any of those things, you're you're well entitled to be be looking for those opportunities and actually you'll be congratulated for really seeking out um, the chance to find new, um, to find new opportunities and to, you know, kind of plug any of your strengths um, wherever you may need them yeah and what would you say to young people i guess who are kind of thinking this all sounds great when we're in kind of what i would call normal world because we're in strange times at the moment i mean we're in and out of lockdowns we've got everything that's kind of going on young people are either kind of being homeschooled university's gone kind of virtual how on earth do you then kind of navigate all of this with that thrown in yeah i mean i think that that's one of the biggest challenges, right, is that we're kind of, this was difficult as it was when you were kind of seeing people on a day-to-day basis and you were out and about. Um, and now we're all kind of sitting at home in lockdown round three and it was, people are kind of, I completely understand, right, facing what may feel like quite a, a disparaging situation. Um, I think uh, there's a few things to remember. Number one is, is to put yourself first. Um, I think mental health has been, you know, really something that may have suffered over this lockdown period. And all these situations that we've just discussed can really be quite damaging for a young person's mental health, just with this level of stress and anxiety involved. Couple that with a global pandemic and being in lockdown and things are just like manifestly worse. So um, number one is always make sure that, you know, you're putting a focus on yourself and looking after yourself. Um, But then in addition to doing that, also actually understand that a lot of people, such as yourself, for example, have taken the opportunity over lockdown to recognize that young people are facing these challenges and actually there are opportunities available out there. So whilst, you know, it may have been a different scenario if you were on campus at university and employers were coming to you, now you've just got to look that little bit further in terms of research online, basically, to still seek out the opportunities. Um, there's still a, a pipeline of employment that has to be filled up after this pandemic, which means that employees are still looking for, for people to fill, to fill in the jobs and, you know, to be filling their graduate intake, maybe in a slightly different way and maybe with slightly different numbers, but the opportunities are still there. Um, and so just make sure that you are you're clued up on maybe LinkedIn is a great way to start and um, make yourself a LinkedIn profile that will also help with your CV and then you can start following employers and see what's going on follow the graduate recruitment pages um, even on Instagram and Twitter and other forms of social media you know a lot of employers are on there and so follow some of them and at least that way you'll get updates and notifications when they're posting about some of their their recruitment opportunities um, and then you know again looking to sort of to third parties and again the youth group can kind of help with this if you kind of get in touch um, and, and you enroll then you'll be able to kind of have that helping hand in terms of getting access to resources um, bright network is another website that is great in terms of kind of flagging up resources in one place but kind of pooling together lots of different opportunities um, so yes you know we're, we're in a very challenging time and obviously we're going to be in this way for a little while still but hopefully not for too much longer um, but number one you know look after yourself because that's the most important important thing you're no good to anybody else if you're not good to yourself um but also after that is just you know being realistic you know yes i'm sitting at home yes i can't go out however you know if you have 
access online, you know, through any sort of digital, digital means, see if you can connect with people via LinkedIn or on social media, um, see if you can be reading some reputable sources, because there are a lot of people out there now who have used the opportunity of the lockdowns in the last 12 months of pandemic to put together online resources like this podcast, like, you know, online resources and websites and blogs um, where they're collating information and, and all you've got to do is read it and kind of follow on from there. Yeah, and I think the really important thing to say is that it's free. It's not like there's kind of a barrier to this. You've just got to kind of get Google open or get Instagram open or LinkedIn or whatever it might be and just kind of start searching and, and networking with people because there is a host of stuff out there for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm quite a glass half full kind of person. And so actually, I think that for all the disadvantages and challenges that lockdown and pandemic has brought, one thing it has done is actually open up and widen access because events previously that may have been held in person where somebody may have felt, oh, I don't really feel comfortable going or I don't really want to be in that space or in that environment. Now, when you're logging into Zoom, you know, you can always have your webcam turned off and still sit in the background and listen and gain so much more information. And you wouldn't have done that before if the event was in person because you just didn't feel comfortable going. So see it again as an opportunity. If you see an online, if you see an event happening and it's online via Zoom or Teams or whatever it may be, you can still get involved and you may be a slightly more reluctant or shy participant and that's totally fine. You can be on mute, you can have your webcam turned off, but you can still listen and there's so much you can gain just from doing that and hearing from other people that way as well from home. Yeah, it's just having that confidence to kind of go for it and kind of say, Do you know what, I'm, I'm going to throw myself into this and um, and, we'll see. and only something, I, I say to people, I think only something good will come out of it because you'll learn something. Um, what would your advice be to kind of uh, your younger self if you were to kind of reflect back on um, the past couple of years? What would you what would you say to a sixteen year old um, you? Um, I think, to be honest, I would say just just relax and and keep it all in perspective. I was one of those people where I'm, I'm a planner, and so I need to feel like I know you know what I'm going to be doing next and what my strategy is and what my goals are. Um, and, that, and that's fine to an extent. And, you know, it's great to be ambitious to kind of have motivation, but also just keep things in perspective. I think there's a lot of external pressures and strains right now um, in the world that we live in, you know, online and sort of in person. And so, you know, when, when, you're, when you're 16 and you're doing your GCSEs, just think, what am I going to do for A-levels? But don't think necessarily too far beyond that, um, unless you want to be a medic and you've got to have certain sort of A-levels for that, if there's a prerequisite. And then when you're doing your A-levels, just think about what you want to do for your university. And yes, you may have a foresight in terms of your career, but don't preoccupy yourself with it. And then when you get to university, have an open mind in terms of what your career wants to be. You know, I think a lot of us kind of when we're four or five or six or seven kind of have these ambitions you know I wanted to be a barrister when I was five um, I thought I was a chatterbox I couldn't stop talking I thought you know a barrister is a way to go um, and yet I'm not yes I'm still going to be focusing on the career of law but now I, I don't want to be a barrister and I want to be a commercial solicitor working in a very different environment and you know it took a change in my a ch change in mindset to do that but you know, don't be afraid to change your mind. You know, who's going to hold the only person that's holding to you to account is yourself until you made some, you know, some solid decisions. So feel free to be flexible. And I think had I, I just had to be more flexible and sort of more open-minded um, and kind of roll with the punches. You know, things come along and things don't quite go your way. And anybody who's kind of growing up over the last 12 months and making some of these difficult decisions, you know, I think I've got a lot of respect for you for the fact that you've been able to, um, to navigate these very, very challenging worlds and making some very challenging decisions. But, you know, really don't get overly stressed by some of these decisions they're meant to be yes they're life decisions but they're meant to be enjoyable ones and you know sometimes we make mistakes we make the wrong decisions and that's okay because at the end of the day if you want to get to a to b but you end up going to c d and f before you get back to b 
that's okay. You know, it doesn't always have to be a straight path. You can take a slightly winded route where your friend takes a, a straight route, but you'll end up at the same place. Um, and not worrying yourself too much about that, I think, can do people a, a lot of favours. It would have done me a lot of favours. Yeah, I think it's remembering that there is no one route to that successful career and that everyone's endpoint is different. So again, there's no one, one route. Someone said an analogy to me the other week where it was like, some of you might be kind of going along the motorway in a fast car. Some of you might take the A roads and get there slightly differently. Some of you might be on a bus with lots of other people and kind Absolutely. of go, you know what, you'll all get there at the one point, but it doesn't matter. You'll, you'll all take kind of slightly different journey and that's absolutely fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I take the law as an analogy. You know, I've done my my LRB at Bristol. I'm now doing my legal practice course um, and uh, I'll be working next year. And some of the people I'm going to be working with have gone and done a French degree and then gone and done a few years in accounting and then have gone and done their their conversion course. And then they're going to do their their legal practice course and they're going to be working at the same place as me. And it's just that we took different paths. We have different experiences, but we're ending up in the same place. And, and that's exactly the same as what you just said. So definitely, you know, don't get too worried about following what you think is the right thing to do or what sounds like the right thing to do it's whatever's right for you um, and that's not always going to be the convention but that's totally fine yeah perfect cool now before we finish um we always end our episodes with um kind of a, a specific special um interview question so the, the way we do this is that um we have some of the kind of the typical interview questions that might get asked at an assessment center or something like that um and i've got one for you and it'd just be great to kind of get your thoughts on how you might answer this or how you'd encourage people to think about how they'd answer it so i'm not interviewing you so do not worry <laughs> you don't have to answer it or like completely nicely formally but it'd just be great to kind of get your thoughts so um, something that quite a few people have kind of contacted us on actually over social media is how do they answer a question that is around what do you want to achieve in your career or where do you see yourself in five years time because if they don't really know you kind of feel stuck about saying you can't just go I don't know to them but how do you then kind of put that answer together? No of course I think you know that's possibly one of the trickiest questions because it is one that you don't always have an answer to and you know you don't always think about that and, and that's absolutely fine. Um, I think the way you want to position that or the way I would think about positioning it for an employer when you're in that interview setting, obviously the end goal is to get the job. Um, and so is to provide a very balanced view. So you can, in a very polite way, say, you know, I haven't quite, you know, come to that sort of decision yet, or, you know, I'm still exploring my options. And there's a number of things that I want to consider. Um, you probably want to be showing that you have some sort of allegiance to continuing to work at the firm, because if you if you're saying that within five years, I don't want to be here anymore, then they're kind of wondering, well, why do we want to hire you in the first place? So maybe steer away from saying, well, I want to you know, jump ship in a year or so. Um, but so long as you're able to, to, to portray that you are still committed to the role that you're entering, because again, otherwise, why would they want to hire you? Um, so show that you're, you're committed and you're motivated both to the role and also to the organization, but also showing that, that you are forward thinking and that you appreciate that actually it's hard to know in five years what I want to do, because what's the world going to be like in five years? If you grew up in 2015 and you were asked this question, who knew in five years there'd be a pandemic and that, you know, you actually were sitting at home where, you know, in, and that if you have five year plans that may have all been scuppered because you had to sit at home for a whole year in lockdown. So, um, you know, providing that balanced sort of view because it is a more difficult question to answer and it may not be clear cut, but at the, at the core of your answer, really showing that you are still committed to what it is that, that you're applying for and also the organization and, and the sector that you're working in. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's remembering that someone's not going to come back to you in five years time and said, you said you were going to do this. Like no one's going to hold you to it. It's more about actually just showing that, like you, like you said, that you've kind of got a commitment to thinking about wanting to be in this organization or this industry or this sector and that you've got someone who's got 
kind of a level a level of ambition and motivation about you but it's there's no right or wrong answer it's just kind of making sure that you articulate that in a in kind of a clear way no exactly and I kind of see interview questions in general sometimes as you know maths at GCSE when the teacher says show you're working sometimes it's less about what you say whilst it is very important but actually demonstrating your thought processes because um, recruiters and graduate recruitment and employers can actually learn a lot about you just by hearing the way that you think if you're talking out loud and so exactly as you were just saying you know by, by saying some of these things you're demonstrating ambition and motivation and so these are some of the core competencies that employers want in, in their future workforce and so just demonstrating those and thinking about the question not from such a black and white perspective oh god you know what I say now is what, what I have to do in five to ten years time but more you know what it what implicitly does the employer want to understand from this question how can I demonstrate some of those skills through what I say. Yeah, brilliant. That's perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a wonderful episode. Thank you. I feel like I've learned, I, mean, I say this on every episode, I feel like I've a lot, but I do. And I think it's just so interesting to hear from different people and their perspectives. So thank you very much for kind of sharing your story and your, your advice and your guidance. Um, to those listening, please continue to check us out on social media. Um, we have loads of kind of cool content going out there. We do frequent Q&A sessions, lots of top tips around careers guidance. And you can see from uh, more from our guests um, and our other episodes that we've got. So um, please go and have a look and also have a look um, at the youth group on social media too. Um, they've got some cool stuff. Um, but thank you so much, um, Grandpa. It's been great chatting to you. No, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I had a really great time. Bye. Thanks everyone who has made this episode possible. Acknowledgements are in our podcast description. Have a look at us on social media and look out for our next episode coming soon.